Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I am the Crypto Crow here with a special guest, Carson Klein with Cornucopia ICO. Stick around. We'll be right back after this brief disclaimer. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Carson Klein. How are you, sir? Well, very good. I'm uh, glad to be here, and hello, crypto world. Hello, crypto world. What's up, Joey D in the house? Uh, people starting to pop into chat. So, look, man, I'm, I'm going to be real honest with you here. So, I, I got this request for an interview, and I started kind of going through uh, going through the project <clears throat> a bit. This is an interesting kind of hybrid crossover between two powerful worlds and so it, it struck my interest for sure first i want to start with a little bit about your background for the world that doesn't know you what 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 is your background i know you have some uh, wall street chops like give us some headway into into your life okay great so i started in on wall street back in 2002 i got licensed in 2003 u.s finra broker licensed um and i was a regular day trader, stock trader, uh, dealing with high net worth and ultra high net worth clients. And then in 2011, I got introduced to the pre-IPO world. The first transaction I was a part of at that time was Facebook. And then, you know, after doing that for a couple months in 2012, I realized, I said, wait a second, this is way better than trying to pick the next winner on the NASDAQ or uh, the New York Stock Exchange. And I basically switched my entire business to doing strictly pre-IPOs. I've been doing strictly pre-IPOs now for six years. I've run four pre-IPO funds. Um, and that's, you know, that's that that's what I've been doing. Wow. Okay. Facebook. Not exactly small time. <laughs> exactly. So Facebook, uh, that was really that what started this entire pre-IPO buzz. Up until before then, there were pre-IPO transactions, but it was all done by the big institutions. And so Facebook, really, everybody wanted Facebook. It was an easy sale. It was an easy pitch. And a lot of people wanted to get involved. And obviously, a lot of people made a lot of money. And then after that, you know, after Facebook, it was, what's the next one? What are we going to do next? And so now the entire pre-IPO space has evolved from, you know, back in 2011, there was maybe one fund around that was doing this. To now, there's in, in the U.S. There's hundreds of funds that are doing this. Right. Yeah, and, and you know now in the crypto space, there are a lot more cryptocurrency focused funds popping up. I was looking at some some statistics recently, and um, it looks like 2018 is probably going to be a pretty big year. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You know. So so cornucopia. I mean, how how are you bridging the gap between IPOs <clears throat> and ICOs? Tell us. Go ahead and give us kind of the basic fundamentals of the project to start things off. And, uh, and then we'll go from there. Okay. So basically, Cornucopia is a basket index of pre-IPO companies 
that have been picked by the horn, which are cornucopia token holders. Um, basically, what we have through the Ignite Ratings platform, if you're a horn token holder, you'll be able to go to the Ignite Ratings platform uh, website. Then you'll be able to enter their website, enter our ecosystem, and then within the cornucopia ecosystem, we'll have the ver variety of pre-IPO companies that are available, companies like Palantir, WeWork, Airbnb, Hyperloop, SpaceX, 23andMe. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And then as a member of that community, you'll be able to say, hey, I, I like this one. I don't like that one. And then from there, once we have enough votes for a specific company, I'll go out, I'll source the shares. Now the index slash token holders will own the, that position. And then obviously the intent is in a future date to turn a profit. Then when we make a profit, we take 50% of that profit and we return it to the token holders that participated in the rating. Uh, we take 30% of the profits and add it back into the index with the original purchase amount. And then 20 of the 20 percent of that also then goes uh, the remaining 20 percent goes to the uh, cornucopia to keep it sustained so so the first obvious question that pops up is you know you're talking about ipos so ultimately <clears throat> and i saw the uh what was the term you used swarm swarm theory swarm theory yeah so you know so here's the thing you know i am the, the, the fact that you're doing this, A, is actually kind of ballsy in a way because this is uncharted territory, right? To, right? to my knowledge, I've never heard anybody doing this. But ultimately what you're saying is, look, you become a part of our ecosystem and you we're using this swarm theory, this, this idea that, you know, the collective of the community is going to dictate where we invest in IPOs and then based off of what you hold in the horn token is is basically like that's how you're establishing the capital to invest in ipos right yeah there's a few important pieces of the puzzle here so yeah. the first and most important piece why a lot of people haven't heard about the pre-ipo space in general is because the biggest hurdle to get into the pre-ipo space Accredited and to get status. into exactly so i don't know if you're Listeners know what that is, but oh, they basically, know. <laughs> oh, they know. All right, well, they all just, bitch about it every day. <laughs> okay, so I won't even go into it. So the point is, for a lot of people, they don't even meet that milestone. So you can just forget the pre-IPO space in general. So that's kind of what what I wanted to do because I I always thought it was kind of crazy. For example, I'll give you a great example: uh, Spotify. Okay, so Spotify went public in April. Okay, if you wanted to buy Spotify in March. You had to be accredited. But then in April, after it IPO'd, you could buy it. And the only difference was if you waited till the IPO, you paid an extra 20%. So we had access to shares of Spotify a week before the IPO at about a 20% discount. So, you know, I, I really never quite understood the fact of, you know, why you had to be accredited to get into some of these deals. Don't get me wrong. I understand with a lot of the smaller, crazier companies, you need, you know, you, you need to be accredited stock market and you bought a biotech, for example. So I really wanted to bridge that gap to give to the regular bridge that give, gap, though. Sorry yeah, to interrupt yeah, you. Like the, to, yeah. to effectively bridge the gap, you're going to have to be able to accept non-accredited investors in the cornucopia. Exactly. So what we did is we, we made cornucopia utility token. 
So that's kind of how we get around that. And the big piece of the puzzle is the Howey test, right? And the way we fail the Howey test is you got to be a member of the community and you have to participate. So if you're a horn token holder and you don't participate in the rating system, you don't participate in the rewards. And that's why we fail the Howey test. Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, the token will be trading on an exchange at some point. And we expect uh, that just naturally as the index grows, assuming that we're picking winning, uh, winning pre-IPOs, then the value of the token will go up naturally like that as well. So, so at ICO, you do or you do not have to be accredited to participate in the, in the Cornucopia ICO? You do not have to be accredited. Wow, really? Yes, and that's what makes it a beautiful thing. And this is, this is the whole, you've got balls of steel, man. I mean, well, you know, realistically, no, and, and I congratulate you because if this goes well, here, here's the thing, you know, people have found a lot of different ways to get into ICOs and things like that, but I talk to so many CEOs in this space and everybody's concerned with SEC regulation and it's not necessarily where the regulatory rulings are today. People are concerned with how they may change tomorrow retroactively. That's one of the big concerns that I see. And so, you know, to spearhead something like this and and basically, but, you know, you have this background and I I assume you have, you know, your kind of forte, I'm sure, doing what you did with all these IP is dealing with the SEC and probably the CFTC and like all these groups that are just bulldogs waiting to go after somebody that screws up, right? So you've been been playing this game for years now, so this probably isn't much of a big deal to you. Well, I mean, here's the, on my day-to-day business, I deal with the SEC rules and regulations. I know exactly what an accredited investor is, how to deal with them, uh, what the SEC is looking with. And, you know, I've, I've spoken to the SEC many, many times. So it's just something that I do my course of business day-to-day. Again, with this token, we were very sure to make sure that it was classified as a utility token. We've had numerous legal opinions to verify that both in the U.S. and internationally as well. And that's why I can sit here with 100% confidence and tell you this is a utility token. And therefore, we don't have to adhere to those stricter rules and regulations with the SEC. And, you know, people are able to get into what I think are opportunities, golden opportunities that they normally wouldn't be able to. And more importantly than just getting into them i think it gives people a great amount of diversification which is a great thing with crypto because you know i mean if you think that something is going to happen in the crypto space the only thing you can really do is either get out into cash buy tether if you want to stay in crypto you don't have that many options and i guess that's an important thing about uh, cornucopia One of the things that we're going to be doing is we will take the crypto and convert it into USD. The reason we convert it into USD is because all of these pre-IPOs that we'll be buying. I'm taking Ethereum. Exactly, exactly. So they want USD. And, you know, we don't want to deal with the volatility. You know, we want to be able to take those funds, convert them into USD, have them sitting there in USD so we're ready to pull the trigger when the community has spoken and uh, we can start to place... uh, you know, pre-IPOs into the index. And, and you're not off in some distant country. You're in the U.S., right? Yes, yeah, so I'm actually in Florida. So, okay. So I, know that, I know you can't see it here, but there's actually beautiful trees and sun everywhere. But, yeah, we uh, should paint some right. on the wall behind you just to give yes, the effect. Yes. Um, so you're you're based in the U.S. You you have so, what, six now just, years you know, in Corn- IPO trade. 
experience. Yes. Yeah, Go just ahead. quickly. Cornucopia is actually BVI. I'm located in uh, in the U.S., but uh, Cornucopia is British Virgin Islands. Uh, and then the Ignite, okay. and the Ignite, yeah, the Ignite ratings platform is uh, they're based out of Gibraltar. Yeah, I, I have I have companies in Wyoming, Colorado. <laughs> I get yes. it, but you're you're based in the U.S. for the most part. Correct. But but your yeah. address is somewhere else for tax purposes, I assume. <laughs> no, no, no. My address is here. I'm oh, here. okay, I'm okay. Um, and, and again, I wasn't going to fault you for that. I was just kind of putting things yeah. together. No, I mean, kidding aside. I mean, the idea is, you know. You're you're in the U.S. You're you're not off in Switzerland. You're not off in some foreign country. And and like you know, if if you're in the thick of it, is what yes. I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yes. You're you're not hiding behind territorial lines. You're not so. And and basically, what I'm trying to establish is is the trust of the system. And and you know, ultimately, what you're doing. Because if you if this were scammy, well, you there's nowhere you're hiding. Like you you know what I'm right. saying. And I only say that because people, people with with a, with a project like this that's kind of breaking new ground and doing something a little more aggressive, I think, because I, to me, this is a little more aggressive than just like, hey, we have this utility token and it's based off of artificial intelligence and machine learning. And, right. you know, it's everything is based off of the development team's ability to do so. This isn't about a development team, per se. This, this is a utility token that's enabling non-accredited investors to play a role in getting into the next potential Snapchat or the next Facebook or, or whatever. And so the question is, to just to put things into perspective for the for the viewers, you know, when I when I think of cryptocurrency, like I get so many opportunities for people wanting me to invest in different things. Right. And I just tell them, like, look, I'm crypto rich, you know, like I, everything I, I don't I don't I cash out what I need to accomplish my goals. Um, and, and I keep everything else in cold storage away from prying eyes, so to speak. You know, right. I, I pay my taxes, but I, I, you know, my big thing is security. Just just for doing this, I'm a target all the time, right? Anyway, right. The, the, the point is, you know, I I think that when you have something that's that I consider kind of ballsy and, and forward thinking, you get people that 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 uh, that don't quite understand it, assuming things in a negative light. Right. I, I mean, I guess the important thing I want everyone to realize is, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel here for half of the transaction. Right. So the pre-IPO space exists. It's uh, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of transactions are going off on a, you know, I, I, I don't know what the total number was for 2017. But I mean, it's probably in the billions of transactions that were done in the secondary market, which we'd be a part of. So that whole side of the transaction is 100% kosher. The second side of the transaction is obviously the technology. And again, that's another key piece of cornucopia. You know, we're not developing any sort of new technology or, you know, we don't have a tech team trying to come up with an algorithm that we hope will work in a few weeks. This is something that the Ignite ratings platform has already done, has already established, and uh, they're in beta testing right now. And we think by the end of, of August, they'll be 100% ready to go. You know, we think that by the October timeframe, everything will be set. Um, we will have completed our ICO, and people will be able to go and actually start voting 
and communicating with the with the community on which of these pre-IPOs sh we should get involved in. And, you know, I think we're going to be up and running much, much quicker than people anticipate, which is a good thing because the pre-IPO space has really been on fire. This is the best it's been in about four years. So we think there's a lot of big companies right around the corner that are going to uh, IPO, and obviously we want to put everybody in a position to take advantage of those. Right, and you know when I went on my little my little uh, ramble there, I lost track of what the hell I was even. My point was to be quite honest with you, uh, and but now I remember what it was. How is so? I know that if I go into uh, a new blockchain uh, mm -hmm. ICO, or I go into just a new project, like you know, to give you an example, like Icon. Icon was eleven cents at ICO. It's sitting at a dollar thirty now after an all-time high of I don't know. I think it hit ten bucks or something stupid. Like I don't remember what it was. It was crazy high. Okay. How is I? How is to me now? I look at the crypto space as my bread and butter. I get all kinds of opportunities sent to me. Can you invest in this? Can you invest in that? I'm like, it's not even crypto related. You're not even talking my language. So the idea is, is you're you know. What is the appeal for someone like me, who is a diehard crypto guy now, to say, well, okay, well, it's crypto related in the sense that it's it's a it's a mechanical token, it's a utility token to allow me as an as if I were a non-accredited investor to get into these IPOs or pre-IPOs or whatever. But when the gains are so substantial, just sticking with cryptocurrency, what is the the, the general appeal? You right. know what I'm I mean, saying? It's... Like, give me an example. Like, if when, so, well, when Facebook was at IPO or pre-IPO, and you were able to get in, compared to where it okay. is today, you know, what what's the difference there? If, if let's say that so, some of these non-accredited people have 500 bucks that they want to throw into something and kind of roll the dice on you and see what you can turn in turn it into with these IPOs, you know. So it's it's twofold, right? So. You might be sitting nice and pretty right now thinking everything's great because, you know, uh, Bitcoin's back over 8,000. But let me ask you this. How were you feeling when it was trading at 5,800? Good. Because I can and, get and how, <laughs> I got you. But the point is a lot of people really want to get that diversification. And ultimately, really the only way to get out of crypto, as far as I know, is to obviously sell your positions, go back to cash, which some people don't want to do, or to go to Tether. So with well, let me the, let me let me mark you on that. Sorry, I know I do this a lot. I should have warned you. Okay. Um, okay. The thing of it is, is the only people that got really pissed off about Bitcoin crashing were first timers, were people that are new to the market. They didn't understand the trends and what to expect. And it was before we. I mean, we barely touched into any mass adoption at the point. Right. People were just starting to catch the buzz and they're watching the, the, the history over the p previous 60, 90 days, watching it skyrocket through the moon. And they all bought in high and then they they, they, they got their pants dropped. Right. But the reality right. is, is that a lot more people this year know what to expect than there were in January. And as that continues to grow, we're going to have less people selling out come tax season and that will continue to be a higher high every year every cycle until we get to the point where it's probably not even felt much so right, i just wanted to make saying. that point to everyone out there yeah right right i mean i guess the flip side of the point is what happens if the, if the market trades sideways for the next 12 months right i mean ultimately nobody can sit here and tell you with a straight face with 100 percent certainty what's going to happen with the overall uh cryptocurrency market or the US what I dollar for that matter I mean, no, let's face uh, yeah, it, the U.S. dollar can crash to shit tomorrow, and then, you know, right. then what do we got? We got Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, one other important aspect of Cornucopia, 
is, um, and I had this question a couple of days ago on, on, on the Telegram chat. They said, how do we pay out the rewards? The rewards we pay out in either Ether or Tether. So I guess that's an important aspect of it as well. So, um, you know, there were some people that thought that maybe we pay that out in tokens, but we don't. So, uh, you know, I think obviously there's a lot of upside in the pre-IPO space. That's why people get involved. So, for example, if you take a look at Spotify, and I keep bringing that one up just because that's a big one. And I'm sure everybody knows who Spotify was. So Spotify, we got in, the lowest we got in was in the low 40s. And the highest we got in was about 130. So, you know, if you take a look at where that's trading, it almost traded up to 200. It went up to about, uh, it's, I think it's around 180 right now. So obviously, you know, we had a multiple X return there as well. So it's not like, you know, you're not putting money into Cornucopia hoping that we're going to make you 5-10%. You know, ultimately, the ideas that we're putting into Cornucopia can also have the potential to be a multiple X return which is kind of what the crypto world looks for, exactly as crazy as point. that sounds. Yes. So, you know, we're not, you know, I'm not telling people, hey, sell your Bitcoin, uh, buy some cornucopia, and next year maybe you'll make 10%. I think you can see a multiple X return. Um, you know, there's some companies, for example, Palantir. Palantir, we bought as low as $2.40. I think when that thing IPOs, and I think it's got a good chance to IPO before the end of the year, that could easily be a $30 piece of paper. So, you know, I think for our early investors, that can be a 10x return. So, you know, crypto is not the only place on the planet where you can get a multiple X return on something. There's a lot of other varieties, uh, sources, and pre-IPO, I feel, is one of them. And it's just to get away from it. You know, at some stage, if you're a good investor, whether it's in, in Bitcoin or any market, you're going to look to diversify. You're going to look to lock in your gains. And when you do that, you obviously need to do something with that money if you're not willing to let it sit in cash. And, you know, that's where cornucopia comes in. And for those people that, you know, don't want to stomach the volatility of, of, of uh, crypto, that's what cornucopia is for. We think that we're going to have a much, much more stable token because we are going to basically have the index sitting in fiat, which... Uh, which Team provides mobile. a lot more, yes, <laughs> sorry, which provides a lot more uh, stability than in crypto. So, you know, some people in chat are actually bringing up some good uh, questions uh, or comments. Sure. You know, the market for, so, you know, before my uncle passed on, you know, we had this big camping thing. It was the first time I went camping with my with my uncles after they asked me every year for probably 15 years. And I finally go and... Um, I had no idea that it was the last time I'd ever see my uncle again. Um, he actually dropped dead at dinner in China a few weeks later. Um, and, you know, he knew it was coming. And a part of what, you know, he, he had some issues with his aortic valve expanding and getting bigger. And they wouldn't do surgery. It was too dangerous and all this other stuff. So anyway, um, you know, one of the big reasons I'm in crypto is because of the, the, the chats that we had at this camping trip where he was telling me about dividend stocks. And how, you know, he, you know, he could drop dead tomorrow and, and, and my aunt would never have to work again. And that she didn't even really understand the full extent of what he had done for her, you know, while he was alive. She found out after she doesn't have to work again. Right. Um, but it was really because of those conversations that I even got into. I, initially, I started going into dividend stocks and um, I was working on building portfolios there. Well, then I discovered the crypto space. 
the, 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 this, my question is this, how will IPOs be changing? No. So let's, let's look at it from this way, this perspective. If I want to launch an IPO, I'm ultimately giving up equity in my company for little pieces of paper that are owned by people that are in, that are traded on market. If I go with an ICO, I'm not giving up equity in my company. I'm basically sure. printing money out of thin air, ultimately selling well, it to the public. And like, you know, there's a big difference there. I guess, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know how many times you've been corrected, but you're about to be corrected. Correct here, me, this is sir. Correct me. Yes. Because this is ultimately what an STO is, right? A securitized token offering. So basically with a securitized token offering, it's secured by the underlying asset, which is what a stock is. Mm -hmm. So an STO and uh, a stock are basically structured the same way where you actually own a piece of that underlying asset. So that's what an STO is, which is where everyone is heading to. And that's why everybody's waiting for the uh, SEC to, number one, give guidelines on how to properly do an STO. And also everybody is waiting for uh, an exchange, an STO exchange to open up so that these things can be traded correctly. So that is where the market is going in crypto, at least what I know of, uh, of it from the people in the circle that I travel with. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's the fundamental difference. What you're talking about is the issue that the SEC has. They've got people walking around selling uh, tokens, right, that have technically they are selling a security. They're not marketing it as a security. And that's why all of these ICOs are having so much trouble. And then also I was thinking while you were talking about the fact of, uh, you know, you're heavily involved in the crypto market and, you know, that's you're looking for that aggressive move. I guess my question to you would be how many tokens, right, that come out every given year end up going to zero? What would you say, 80, 90 percent? I mean, I think that's the statistic going I saw last time. I mean, shit coins, but like solid projects. You know, let, I mean, yeah. let's face. Hey, I, wanted to, I, I know what I just did there. You can thank me for that later. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I totally get your point. The STOs and everything. I just wanted to hear you explain it. Um, oh. So anyway, um, as far as as far as coins going to nothing, you know, I, I don't. Um, I've seen well, some know, shit coins you know? go to zero, but realistic, and and the, and that's the thing. And here's the thing that we can't. We can't blend it too much because everything's gone down significantly and is just now starting to peak its head above water again. So by by the idea that, well, how many of these, these companies, because I, I get comments in my channel all the time. Oh, you were talking about how great this was. It's down 50% since you talked about, well, no shit. Everything is down. Like it, But, you know, I see all these reports about, Oh, well, if 100 ICOs launch today, 80% of them are doomed to fail and they're going to be down to zero. Well, that's bullshit because I haven't seen that. I I could look at any coin, in the, in the, even in the top 1,000, and very few of them are down to zero. It's not necessarily down to zero. It's how many of these projects right. become abandoned. How many of these teams right. have they I struggle mean, through turmoil and so the value of the whole project goes down and so forth. So, it, and yeah, I mean, I, I get your point. 
to a certain extent, but I don't think right. many coins have gone to zero because even BitConnect still has some value on exchanges. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, uh, BitConnect went, where, where's BitConnect? A couple pennies now? I mean, right. uh, if you bought that when everybody loved it at 300, I mean, it's practically, yes, there's penny values, fractional values of all of these, but I mean, your investment is basically gone, right? right. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, and and once uh, once a coin or project loses its team behind it, I mean, is there really anything? You have any nothing sort but an idea there? at I that mean, point. I, I mean, it, an yeah, ideal it's just or nothing, right? No, and I and I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit with you, man. But, but I, I do get what you're saying. Um, but I, I think for me, you know, I love IPOs. I mean, I have apps still on my phone because I always wanted to keep track of when the latest IPOs were coming out. And, and, you know, IPOs are like the ICOs of crypto. It's getting in, you get Snapchat at three cents, wait for it to blow up to 20 bucks or whatever. I don't even know. I don't, I honestly don't follow the regular stock market much anymore. But. So let me just point something very important out here. Sure. Because we don't, we don't get involved at the IPO, right? So if you look at history, uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, companies would go public around year five to seven now why do you have an ipo that's really a big question right and the reason you have an ipo is because you need money so if you're a young tech company and you need money you know you're just starting to build out the marketing team maybe you still are working on actually getting to the project building the user base whatever the case may be so that was the historic norm five year five to seven companies would go public and that was it. Well, the problem is all of these big institutions started going to these companies and saying, look, don't do your IPO now. I'm going to give you $500 million. I'm going to give you a billion dollars. So you don't need to go through the headache of having an IPO. So now what that means is now companies, a lot of them have been private for 10 to 15 years. So now you've got a company that's public for twice as long. Now, imagine if you are one of those employees, right? You've been working at the company since year one, and a big part of your compensation was stock. So they give you these stock certificates, these options, these warrants. And on paper, you might have 10, 20, $30 million worth of this still private company. The problem is, if you want to convert that to cash and you go to a bank, they laugh in your face. Why? Because no bank will give you equity against uh, a, a private company whose shares aren't trading because the company, the, the bank can never take that asset and sell it because it's not trading. So what happens is these employees, in most instances, they come to people like myself and they sell a small part of their holdings to us. So what that translates to is we're getting involved. I'm sorry, I think I'm shaking the camera here. We're getting involved. Getting excited, sorry. but that's okay. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we're getting involved way before the IPO. So that's why, like, for example, with Spotify, we were getting involved in that in the low 40s. When it IPO'd at 160, you know, that was already a huge multiple return. So that's the point of what we're trying to do. I guess if you're going to make an analogy in the crypto space, it would be kind of like getting involved in the seed round or getting involved pre in the pre-ICO round, like a really early pre-ICO round. Basically. Yeah, exactly, where you've got the biggest bonus. So that's kind of what we do, and that's 
you know, fundamentally what we're doing is we're competing with, you know, uh, Goldman Sachs. We're competing with uh, Fidelity and a lot of the other VC firms because then what happens, right, when these companies IPO, they don't move as much. And the reason the companies don't move as much is because they're a much more mature company now. Most of the growth has happened between, let's say, year five and ten. And during year five and ten, when the company, you know, had the biggest amount of gains and the biggest amount of growth in value, guess who locked in all of that profit? Are all these VC firms? Are all these VC funds? Are all the accredited investors? So that's why what Cornucopia does is it opens that up to the average people, the average Joe, so he can get in and also participate in that and not be stuck paying the IPO price like everyone else. Yeah, so you're, I mean, you're basically, yeah, you're you're ultimately getting into company IPOs or uh, my back, I just pulled my ice pack out of my back. I, I'm, on, I'm going to a chiropractor as soon as we're done here, just so you know. Um, <laughs> I'm like a cripple right now. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually think this is pretty cool stuff, to be real honest. Like, I, I've given you a little bit of a hard time just, just for the sake of giving cool. you stuff to explain. But, I, you know, I, I think this is actually pretty slick. And for those out there, because one of the biggest complaints I see constantly from everyone in the U.S. is that I'm telling them about projects they can't get into anyway. And that they all have to wait until it hits exchanges to be able to purchase it. And so you're the first company, you're the first ICO that's come out in a long time uh, since Dragon Chain that I th that I that I know of that you can actually participate uh, and not be an accredited investor. So exactly, I, I really dig that. And and what you're doing, I mean, how do you? So do you actually come up? I assume you have a list of like private pre-sale opportunities before really even the public calendars start hitting, don't you? Like you kind of know what's yes. getting ready to pop before so, anyone else does. So, well, let me, do you know the definition of a unicorn in pre-IPO space? Yeah, they're single girls that, you know. Yes. <laughs> a unicorn is a company that has got a billion dollar network, a billion dollar worth. They call it a unicorn because it's one billion, so that's, you know, they make a big deal out of it. So in the tech space, in the pre-IPO uh, pre space, there's about 180 unicorns. So, you know, ideally, look, I'm going to tell the community what access I have, right? And the community is going to, at that time, make a decision on which ideas they like. The community also can obviously submit their own ideas so they can say hey Karsten uh, we heard about this great scooter company out of California called bird can you get access to bird I'll go to my network I'll find out to see if, if, if it's available and then it'll go on to the ignite rating system where obviously people will be able to vote on to uh, you know if, if that's what they want to purchase for the index so you know there'll be a variety of ways and I think one of the big big advantages that we're going to have with this swarm mentality, this hive mentality is we're going to have access to new ideas, right? So the issue is if you call me right now and you say, hey, Carson, I'm a credit investor. I got a million dollars. I want to buy four ideas. What do you have? I'm going to give you what I know what is in my wheelhouse, the companies that I am familiar with. 
The great thing about cornucopia and the hype mentality is, let's say we've got 100 people out of Australia, okay? And there's a brand new upstart pre-IPO company in, in Australia. And I, you know, we never would have heard of it because we're here in the US. We would only hear about that company, let's say two years from now, when all of a sudden it's coming to the US and it's extremely popular globally. Whereas through the, the hive mentality, we would have heard about that idea much, much earlier. We would have been able to get in much, much sooner and obviously make a lot more money on the way up. So that's kind of one of the major benefits this hive mentality is gonna give, give us. But honestly, I don't know any other fund in the pre-IPO space that has that kind of, uh, kind of uh, technology, that kind of concept behind it. So I'm pretty excited to see what the community comes up with, what new ideas and what new tech startups they like. And then also keep this in mind, ultimately, because of the way this is structured, we could even get involved in not just pre-IPOs, but we could even get involved in STOs because ultimately that could be that could all fall under the pre-IPO space. It can all fit within the wheelhouse of how this whole thing is set up, and we would still be able to uh, to get involved in, in in STOs in the future as well. You know, that's what that the, sounds great, but I think that's going to be in the distant future based off of what I see because. You can't even, even as an accredited investor now, it's difficult because they just will not sell to Americans. I, I mean, it's like, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Listen, here's the thing. It's, it, 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 it all comes down to being in the correct fund structure. I mean, that's kind of how we do it, right? Ultimately, it all comes down to the documentation that's in place to get involved in these investments, to have people send their money and, 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 and match buyers and sellers up. So that's really what it comes down to. Again, the issue with the whole crypto space is because the SEC hasn't really given guidelines on paper, it's a bunch of um, lawyers giving advice saying, this is how we think you should do it. You should be okay. But ultimately, until the SEC comes out with something Everyone is just guessing and they're making very educated, very expensive guesses. But, you know, the SEC could come out with guidelines in six months. There could be one little caveat in there. And then all of a sudden, all these guys that have been running around saying they've got an STO, they no longer have an STO. So, I mean, it's to me, you know what, we're just better off waiting until the SEC has come out with exactly how to do it. I mean, we don't even have an STO exchange up and running. So, I mean, we're like way ahead of all of that. And that's why we wanted to kind of put our flag in the ground, bringing pre-IPOs to the crypto space, doing it correctly, adhering to the rules and regulations, and giving people an opportunity to invest in companies that otherwise they wouldn't be able to invest in. And, and I, I commend you for that because I, I know Thanks. what a tall feat that is. You know, all kidding aside... You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go through. I have not read your white paper, but I do plan on reading it, um, and I'll I'll very likely. It's very exciting, huh? It's very exciting. You're gonna love it. I, you know, I'm serious. I, I like this because look, I, you know, I've been in the in these shoes where you just you want to help people that otherwise aren't able to get involved in things like this. And that's one of the reasons why crypto has been such a beautiful thing for so many people, because it's enabled mm -hmm. people that would otherwise be powerless in the financial market, gain some ground and change their lives. And I'm one of them. I'm accredited now. I wasn't last year. 
You know, I mean, it's like I, I have things in place that, that, that provide me that status and it's a beautiful right. thing. And, you know, it's, it's, um, and, and it's a shame that not everybody has the opportunity and hopefully now with this, they will. And so that that's, and, and I think you're heading, uh, in the right direction with the, with the idea. And I hope it works out really well for you and everyone else Thanks. involved. So I, I've got my yeah. eye on you. <laughs> so, Good. you know, we'll, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess we could leave it at that. I mean, we're at 40 minutes. Um, you know, I definitely want to check out the white paper for those of you watching, uh, no, I'll probably update everybody with, uh, uh, you know, what my hard thoughts are on the project. I like what is happening and, you know, listening to you talk. And I love that. And I, you know, hopefully I'm not too hard, but I like the fact you're like, I don't know how often you're corrected, but you're about to be, I love that. If you know what yeah. the hell you're talking about, bring it. Whoop my ass, man. I'm not yes, afraid. I I'm gonna, I just wanted to also point out two things about the white paper. Sure. Because I wanted to, I've gotten this question multiple times. And the first thing is the roadmap, right? Everyone looks at the roadmap and they're like, why is the roadmap so short? Well, the roadmap is short because there's not a lot of bumps in the road, right? I mean, pre-IPOs I do on a day-to-day -day basis. The technology is in place and that's why the roadmap is doesn't have like a thousand different things in it, which I think is a good thing because that translates to something that can easily get done. Mm -hmm. The second thing is team. Everyone keeps saying, oh, the team is so small. And the reason the team is so small is because this is something that is ultimately going to be managed by the community. So in other words, you know, we don't have, once we're done with the ICO, you know, we're not going to have a sales team. There isn't a marketing team. We don't have to go out and sell our project and sell our idea it's already going to be sold at that point because of all the uh, the cornucopia token holders. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. So I just wanted to point those two things out because I've had numerous, numerous people ask me, and I guess maybe people are used to seeing a giant ass like complicated roadmap. Yeah, with well, 50 typically a white paper is like 60, 70 pages, and it's full of a bunch of techno yeah. gobbledygook because they're, it's a blockchain project. This is right. a this isn't a typical blockchain project. This is more of an investment right. vehicle. I mean, I, I my opinion. I you know I don't know, but um, I don't know. You, you know, I never really know what to how to phrase things because you know you never want somebody to come back like the SEC or anybody else like, well, this is the perception and this is why you're labeled what you are. Like I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I look at this right. as an investment vehicle to help people get into projects they wouldn't otherwise be able to get into. Uh, now. I will say though, you know, and I think this is probably one thing that's that's going to play a role in terms of the whole swarm theory, the swarm mentality. Um, there's more risk associated with projects pre-IPO, you know, seed capital and stuff, seed seed phases and things, because you've got it's more of a there's more of a waiting period. That's like the only kind of downfall. It's like you have to wait a little while to find out whether you're going to be up or down. I mean, it's kind right. of hard to go down from that point. You know? uh, no, I, no, I mean, listen, I don't, I don't want people to think that every single thing we pick or every single thing the community is going to pick is going to turn out to be a winner. That's definitely not the case. I mean, mm -hmm. you can have, you know, you could lose money on pre-IPOs just because it's a pre-IPO. You know, you're not guaranteed to make money. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, uh, do you remember Blue Apron? You know who Blue, Blue Apron Yeah, is? I almost went into that IPO and I didn't. Okay, okay. So, me personally... I never recommend anything to do in the food space, right. whether it's food delivery or, you know, anything like boxes of food, whatever. But for example, that is a great example 
of a company that got absolutely smoked on an IPO, on the IPO. Um, and the reason for it is basically that's, you know, Amazon made the announcement that they were going to start delivering food the same day almost or very close yes, to. Yes, I remember Blue that. Apron that was IPO the last and, thing I ever did in the stock market was considering Blue Apron. I spent a week reading every comment I could about the company, about the product, about everybody complained about old moldy shit showing up at their door. And as wow, soon as I read that, I was like, okay. And, and, and literally, just like you said, Amazon came out with the news, with their news. And I was like, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Do you, what so, is I mean, Blue Apron at now? Do you even know? Oh my God, I it's I think it's probably around five bucks or three bucks. I, I haven't even looked. That was one. I actually so Blue Apron. I had quite a few of the employees reach out to me on Blue Apron, and I told them up front. I said, "Listen, again, in, in my day to day, I can kind of pick and choose what companies we get involved in." Mm -hmm. So I said, "Look, you know, I don't do any food delivery. If if you compete against Amazon or Facebook." I really don't want to do, you know, I really don't recommend any of those ideas. So right. I like companies that have unique, unique, they, they do something different. You know, I read the big ones like Airbnb, Hyperloop, SpaceX. I mean, they're the clear leaders in their spaces. And that's why I think those tend to be much better investments. And that's usually what I recommend when people ask me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Mr. Carson, uh, it's been a pleasure. This is good stuff. And I, you know, uh, like I said, I am going to be reading through the white paper. I'm going to be updating everybody with with my thoughts on this project. I mean, you're just getting started. Like this is, you're really just now starting to spread the word that you're even out there. Um, exactly. So yep. I'm I'm curious to see how this grows. Something tells me you're going to do pretty well with this. And um, so that is that is that for now. I am going to run to the chiropractor before I start crying. Go for it. <laughs> Which I'm sure my viewers would love to see. It's happened in the past. Um, look, th thank you for joining me. This has been very actually educational, enlightening, and, and very much interesting. So for those of you interested, check out cornucopia.io. I will lower this down here so you can see it. Uh, cornucopia.io. Check it out. Read through the white paper. Join the Telegram group. Get involved in the community. Um, and you'll be hearing from me about this pretty soon as well. So thank you for joining me. And until next time, folks, crow your coins. And I'll see you real soon.